Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. We're coming to you from McMinn Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama, where Dr. McMinn is an integrative and functional MD, and Lindsay Matthews is a registered nurse and IIN certified health coach. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest information on a wide range of topics in the field of functional medicine, which looks for the root cause of disease, and integrative medicine, which incorporates both conventional and alternative therapies. Our overall goal is to help you be the best that you can be in mind, body, and spirit. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without approval from your personal doctor. And now, on to the show with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. Welcome back to another edition of the Functional Medicine Podcast with uh, Dr. McMinn and Lindsay uh, from McMinn Clinic here in Birmingham, Alabama, the magic city. This is Dr. McMinn. And I'm Coach Lindsay. I'm happy to announce our first guest, who happens to be a good friend of mine, a longtime trusted colleague in our ongoing quest to bring about better health for uh, our beloved patients. And we have today... Miss Mary Ann Davis. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's an honor to be here with you and Dr. McMinn this morning. She is the Director of Pharmacy at Wellness Pharmacy, where she works with patients and practitioners on a daily basis. We're blessed to get to partner with you so often in developing unique compounding solutions for our patients. She is also the PCCA Pharmacist of the Year, and that is Professional Compounding Centers of America's Pharmacist of the Year. And that's in the whole United States. <laughs> right here on our show. So welcome, welcome. Thank Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Lindsay. It's an honor. And so, Miriam, let's start with some of the basics. Uh, how long have you been a pharmacist now? Um, I had just celebrated 26 years mm-hmm. of oh practicing pharmacy. Wow. Um, you must I, have started when you were like a teenager. At, yeah, well, yeah, 10, <laughs> 10, yeah, to be quite cool. honest. Um, yes, I, I graduated from Stanford University mm-hmm. here in Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. right down the street from our yeah. pharmacy, your clinic. Right. Uh, and I worked in a community um, pharmacy setting my entire career. I just really enjoy the patient interaction and just the patient care aspect of pharmacy. And you have a UAB connection too, right? I do. I I did my pre-pharmacy at at UAB, um, very wonderful university. You have some ties too as well. It it sure is. University of Alabama, Birmingham and uh, go Blazers. Uh, But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that's great. And so, uh, you know, I've known a lot of pharmacists and I love them. uh, uh, And uh, it seems like most of them go to work for like, um, you know, CVS, Walgreens, something like that. So how how did you... uh, uh, then sort of make the switch over into the compounding, compounding side of the pharmacy business. Well, I honestly thought it was just by chance, but now I know there was a, a plan and a purpose yeah, for everything, yeah. correct? So t- to be quite honest, uh, my husband and I were uh, newlyweds and wanting to uh, to start a family, and I was working in a traditional retail pharmacy where I loved, but I hated the hours, long long days, lot nights and weekends, and so um the physician at Wellness Pharmacy became available to me, and selfishly, we we did that, uh, you know, for our family. But I found out quickly, within the first few weeks, 
of being employed at Wellness that I'd fallen in love and I'd found my home. Isn't that wonderful? I just love yeah, everything yeah. that we do in the rewarding mm-hmm. aspect of the compounding. Mm-hmm. Something that I never yeah. learned about in pharmacy school, right. and, you, and nor did you learn in medical school. Absolutely. So, so tell me, I mean, how is it as a pharmacist? I mean, what, what are the differences between the two from going to work at, uh, a, a, say, a big bar? box pharmacy versus working at wellness on a day-to-day basis uh, um, at the bench what are you doing differently well so I guess in a in a big box pharmacy retail pharmacy which I worked in for six years and um, you know enjoyed what I did and, and certainly impacted patients but what you don't see in those pharmacies you see things that are manufactured by drug companies so there are limited um, dosage forms limited strengths limited products that you have available to you in a compounding pharmacy our toolbox is extensive it's it's limitless I mean the possibilities for what we can do in compounding working closely with physicians like yourself um, to help tailor made customize a medication specifically for those patients needs Mm -hmm. we can make medications that are not made by a drug manufacturer because maybe they're not patentable they're not something that a drug manufacturer could increase their revenue uh, and it might be that they're, if they've taken it off the market because it wasn't profitable. But mostly what we do are things that maybe are available through the drug manufacturer, but a patient can't tolerate it because it has a dye, a filler, sugar, something that they can't tolerate. So very specific mm-hmm. for the patient, working very closely with their practitioner. We, we believe in the triad, the patient, the physician, and the pharmacist working together as a team mm-hmm very blessed to have you guys right next door as our a part of our team to met, to compound exactly what the patient needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember uh, uh, years ago when my uh, beloved uh, mother-in-law, Miss Patty, uh, was going through some stuff. Uh, we turned to Wellness Pharmacy to help us compound some uh, uh, meds for her that really helped her in her end-of-life care. So uh, it was really uh, meaningful to us to have that uh, available to us. So uh, once again, thank you so much for, um, for what you do. So, uh, Marianne, uh, tell us about Wellness Pharmacy right here in Birmingham, Alabama. It's about a block away from McMinn Clinic. It is, and we're very fortunate to, to be in this location. Um, so, Wellness is a, a three-generation family-owned pharmacy. Uh, the owner started, uh, began the pharmacy in 1964. Uh, his son is now in place as the owner, and uh, his sons are in place to, to take over. So, mm-hmm. very stable, mm-hmm. growing company. Um, I have personally been there 21 years um, love everything about what we do. Uh, we are traditional community pharmacy, but our focus and our passion is compounding. Um, we also have nutritional supplements um, to um, adjunct what the physicians are writing with the compounds as well. Now, I've been out to um, conferences in California and here, there, and uh, who do I run into? Wellness <laughs> Pharmacy. You guys are world, worldwide, aren't you? Well, yeah. we, we, we are. We've been blessed in the fact that we've met many physicians, mm-hmm. practitioners along the years that we've partnered with and uh, word of mouth with, with those clinics and um, just working together, mm-hmm. um, part of our team. And so, yes, we do, we, all, uh, we do ship all over, well, to many states around the country. Um, and we really get to know our patients, even though some of the patients we really just talk to on the phone and never get the opportunity to meet. Mm-hmm. But it, it is um, important to know that I guess we learn through one another, and the more relationships that we build with practitioners like yourself mm-hmm. um, help us to be better pharmacists and better at what we do. It's a win-win, is it, Mary? Win-win. Actually, it's exactly. a win-win-win. It's a win for the patient, <laughs> the, the, the provider, and for you guys. Exactly. Uh, and what are some of the things that you all specialize in your compounding? 
Um, well, so we, we do the bioidentical hormones, um, as I said. We do um, a lot of compounding for detoxification in the body, supplementing um, with um, preservative-free vitamins, minerals, amino acids, very important for immune function, uh, inflammation, as we know, a lot of the chronic diseases that we all see are related to inflammation, so compounding with things that, that help um, with lessening the amount of inflammation. Uh, we do a lot of pediatric compounding because the kiddos need dosages smaller or they need them flavored. Um, do a lot of vet compounding as well. So veterinarian, dogs, cats, dogs, cats right? birds. Um, birds? <laughs> I never would have thought. We actually do a, a good bit of compounding for the Birmingham Zoo. Uh, we make uh, medications for the gorillas and the sea lions. The sea lions, interestingly enough, have dry eyes. So we make ophthalmic um, drops for mm-hmm. them for their dry eyes. So very, that, that's what, I, as I said earlier, just very passionate about what we do there because the impact that we have on patients mm-hmm. and, and, and our, and our and friends, animals. our furry friends yes. in our home and, and what the changes that we can make that may not always be available through manufactured products. They certainly have a place and they're needed and necessary. And we all see those, you write them here in this clinic and we dispense them in our pharmacy. But just thinking about when those um, medications aren't the right fit for the patient and what we can do as, as a service with the compounding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, so uh, in bottom line, why would a patient want to use a compounding pharmacy and why would a provider benefit from a relationship with a compounding pharmacy? I think sometimes the manufactured products through the drug companies are just not the right fit for, for whatever reason, whether it be allergies or insensi- uh, they're sensitive to something within it, or maybe it's something that's not commercially available. Mm-hmm. So working closely with a pharmacist uh, at Wellness, and we do have 16 pharmacists on staff, and mm-hmm. so we try to – we want to be the resource for the clinics and the resource for the prescribers and the resource for the patients. And we learn as a team, as we talked about earlier, together. And so just working together to customize the medication for the patient that's going to meet their needs. Very specific, very specialized. Mm -hmm. And one more thing. Uh, uh, If I recall, years ago when I got to know you, you were also doing a lot of work with autism. Is that right? That is correct. That is uh, correct. Specialties. Um, And we love the kids, Mm -hmm, (laughs) you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. as as mommies and daddies. And uh, we love the kids, and the kids are so special. And, you know, there are things within their bodies that don't work like other children. And so we do have to be careful and knowledgeable of what they can tolerate, what they cannot um, and it is the, the results and what you see and the changes in their life. We actually worked with a young girl um, for about 10 years and, um, and through the partnership with, mm-hmm. the, with the physicians and the parents because mm-hmm. the parents are a big part of that puzzle. Um, and uh, I'm happy to say she's attending the University of Montevallo yeah, right now. Wonderful. So uh, just, yeah, the, just yeah. the changes mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. make in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, in a 10 years ago or even in what I learned in pharmacy mm-hmm. school, the outcome for an autistic um, child would be completely different than what we see today. Right. And those are things that you guys did that would not necessarily be available through a regular uh, pharmacy. That's correct. Right. Because yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of their needs are nutritional. Correct. And, and they have sensitivities or they have advert, you know, they ad, um, can't take mm-hmm. certain things because they're sensory and they don't mm-hmm. like the taste or the mm-hmm. consist or the, how it feels in their mouth. So working really closely with them and their families and their mm-hmm. physicians to mm-hmm. custom made their meca- medications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to compounded drugs, do y'all sell any manufactured or regular 
prescriptions? We do. We do. Um, we um, don't take a lot of insurance. I actually don't take any insurance plans currently because most insurance plans do not cover or reimburse for compounding. So uh, we do have the manufactured products there as a convenience for our patients because it's typically that the physician will write a compound and a commercially available product. So it's a convenience for the patients. You know, Miriam, uh, it was back about 12 years ago when I discovered you guys, and I decided to take a, what I call a walk on the wild side. You know, I, I left the ER, left, I didn't really leave conventional medicine. It's still uh, an important part of what I do. But I also uh, kind of um, migrated to and embraced uh, integrative and functional medicine, you know, just to, just to set the stage here so everybody knows. Integrative medicine, to me, is just an expanded toolbox. You know, you, you have your drugs and surgery, but you also work hard on putting other tools in. Functional medicine is when you always look for that root cause approach. But I had to work hard to expand my toolbox because I didn't learn those things back in medical school or in my practice. So um, uh, I basically would just write prescriptions like every other doctor. And so uh, um, when I look back on it, one of the most important tools that I added to my toolbox was the use of bioidentical hormones. And I have to give you guys uh, credit at Wellness, uh, Marianne, for helping me get up and running with that. And I really appreciate that. Um, but prior to that time, you know, like when, say, for instance, a 50-ish year old woman would present to my clinic, uh, it should feel miserable with uh, no energy, hot flashes, night sweats brain fog, low mood, anxiety, vaginal dryness, no libido. My typical patient, quite frankly, a lot of these women are just absolutely miserable. And I'd get out my script pad and I'd send her home with a bunch of prescriptions for usually like Ativan, Prozac, Ambien, whatever else. And uh, usually she didn't get much better and she was all drugged up. But when I started using the hormones, uh, it was incredible. These women would come back, and literally everything was better. And it was almost like too good to be true for me. Uh, and, and quite frankly, if I was a doctor on the other side of the fence, you know, that didn't understand uh, hormones or uh, this kind of medicine, I, w- I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, but when I saw them come back over and over and over again, and it just happened repeatedly, it's like, whoa, really? Uh, I, uh, so I just finally had become a firm believer. And now, of course, uh, hormones are really a, an important part of my everyday practice. Um, I don't look at the world through hormone glasses, uh, but on the other hand, they're an important tool that I use, and often with uh, amazing results. And so uh, looking back on it, once again, this has been one of the most important tools I put in my toolbox, uh, right along with things like nutrition and gut health. So after all these years, I have to publicly thank you, Marianne Davis, and for Wellness Pharmacy for helping me get up and running with uh, uh, hormones. It's a big part of what I do, and it's been uh, a really important part of helping men and women to have a better life. Absolutely, and just the quality of life that we see and the improvement of mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. health, correct? Mm-hmm. So let's delve into this topic of bioidentical hormones a bit more. And how are bioidentical hormones different from, say, Premro or Prempro or Premrin? So the bioidentical hormones that we compound at Wellness Pharmacy are, are just that. They're identical to what the female or the male's body produces, Uh that contrasts with what's available through drug manufacturers like the Primrin, Primpro, uh, which are not a natural to the body. Um, so Primrin is some that we all know in the room is 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 uh, extracted from the urine of a pregnant horse. So that's where the name Primrin comes from, pregnant mare. So uh, we would all know that that would not be the same estrogen that we would have in our bodies as, as females. So um, and it, Conversely with that, I guess, is the progestin, the synthetic progestin, which 
was developed by the drug manufacturers to mimic the natural progesterone in the body, but it does quite the opposite. Um, does nothing to mimic the progesterone and actually has a, a great deal of side effects that go along with that. So, you know, in my experience, you know, using the bioidentical hormones, the hormones that the female and the male body produce naturally our whole lives and just frankly decline as we age, just replacing those so that they mimic exactly what your body is accustomed to, utilizes it correctly as opposed to uh, something that your body has to break down, has to figure out what to do with it, maybe has active metabolites that cause problems, um, cause increased risk for different things with the hormones, specifically cancer. Um, So we feel like the bioidentical, you know, and it's a personal decision, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that, but we feel like the bioidentical is a safer, um, more natural way to replace hormones. Mm -hmm. Chemically identical. Chemically to what identical. Your exactly. Body produces. So you know, and you, we're not obviously taking hormones from a human body, but so they are derived, you know, synthetically. But what is different about them is they are bioidentical. So I tell patients, if we looked at my estrogen under a microscope in this bioidentical, it would mimic. It would be chemically identical, exactly, to what is in the in our body. And so our body uses it, recognizes it, and does the correct actions with it. Yeah, I often have women who use the term synthetic. They ask, is it synthetic? And I tell them that's really not the right, right word because I, uh, um, I can't go out and pick estrogen from an estrogen tree or, or I can't steal progesterone from Lindsay and give it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to make it from something. So everything is synthesized, right, usually from yams or soy or something like that. But at the end of the day, what's important is what is it? And uh, back to your point, if I took uh, uh, this woman and, and uh, looked at a molecule of her progesterone, the stuff I'm using is exactly the same. Her body cannot tell the difference because there is no difference. And so that's the key point is that uh, the fact that it's just the same. Correct. Mm-hmm. So what are the kind of hormones that you see physicians or practitioners prescribing? Um, so, you know, of course, the estrogens, and, and it's important to, to note, too, that, the, you know, the female body produces three different estrogens. Right. Um, what most drug manufacturers or commercially available products would contain is the E2, which is the estradiol. But important to know that we also have estrone, which is E1, and estriol, which is E3. E3 estriol is a weaker protective estrogen. So by combining that with a, a stronger E2 estradiol, we see protective, protective effects. Uh, also, we see um, micronized progesterone, which is identical to the, um, to the body. Uh, testosterone, of course, for both males and females, uh, DHEA, uh, cortisol, mm-hmm. thyroid. These are mm-hmm. all very important hormones that our mm-hmm. body depends on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I found over the years it's really all about getting the hormones optimized and balanced. I found there's what I call a yin-yang to hormones that must be taken into account in prescribing hormones. The decision as to which hormones are used are often guided by the labs, but more importantly, by the clinical needs of the patient. And then the hormones are tracked and monitored with labs and uh, with the symptom tracking over the, over the time that they're on the hormones uh, with the doses adjusted for each individual patient. It's not just one size fits all like it is with the PrimPro. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And that's what, where the compounding becomes important is the tweaking and the changing of the mm-hmm. dosing specific for the patient. So I've had the privilege of being here at the clinic um, for four and a half years now, and it's really fun wow, to hear. Wow, doesn't seem that long, right? <laughs> it's really fun to hear our women and our men come back and say all these different things they're noticing with hormone therapy. So, but I'd love to hear what's a pharmacist's perspective on what you hear back from from your patients as far as oh, I really noticed this. It really helped in this area. 
So, you know, naturally we, we think about the, the symptoms of low hormones, the uh, hot flashes, night sweats, um, you know, trouble sleeping. Th- these are the things that probably impact the, the patients first. But then they'll come back a month or two and say, goodness, my skin. I mean, my skin looks so right. great. And my hair, my hair is stronger than it's been. And my beautician is wanting to know what I'm doing. And that makes sense, right? Because as we age, our hormones decline. Uh, and by adjusting and adding small amounts, then we see the improvement in that. But um, obviously, you know, the symptoms of the night sweats and the hot flashes, um, improvement of sleep. <laughs> it's a huge one because we all know sleep is important. It's it's our best medicine. But, but what we don't think about is the other effects that the hormones have. So we know that it they're impactful for our bone health, so lessening the risk of osteoporosis, um, lessening colon cancer, um, cognitive function. I mean, our, our hormones are important for our brain health, um, quality of life. I mean, just a different difference in mood because of your quality of life. And then a, a big one for me, um, according to the American College of Cardiology, right, the people that they're the experts, less coronary artery disease and improved mortality. That's huge. Yeah. Well, so, so what is mortality? Let's just clear that up. Well, that would be death. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And what could be a more significant benefit than less death? Wow. (laughs) And then also to, to, you know, it's important that also vaginally the patients can experience um, dryness, pain with intercourse, and that's because the estrogen levels are depleting. And estrogens are highest in the vaginal area, and so as those diminish, then the patient's you know, have the dryness, they might have more frequent urinary tract infections, uh, bladder leakage, um, impacts their sex sex life because it's just painful. So just to promote that and the overall, overall vaginal health by just produce, um, uh, supplementing the estrogen in a transdermal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it often amazes me that doctors are very quick to treat your cholesterol, but uh, they often ignore uh, women's vaginal health. Uh, and uh, that can lead to serious problems, like you mentioned, the leakage and uh, infections and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think we need to attend to women's vaginal health. These are really significant areas. You know, you think about like a UTI for a lot of older women, the recurrent UTIs are such a problem. And then, you know, you get in this track of infection and sepsis and multiple antibiotics after antibiotics. So, and then just the bone health issue too. For so many women, it was, oh, after grandmother broke her hip, Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. went downhill from there. So what a huge quality of life change that is. And we don't think about that, honestly. And I didn't think about that before I became, you know, exposed to bioidentical hormones. We, We think about the hormones just treating the symptoms, but we don't realize how our body, how much our body depends on hormones on a daily basis. Yeah, I have a quick little story to tell. Um, I had a patient just recently. She uh, was an older lady. And of course, at my age, I, I, I'm kind of older myself. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, she came in with a, a C. diff infection, uh, which is a terrible gut infection. It can be deadly. And uh, so I asked, well, why'd you get C. diff? And the answer was, she's been on antibiotics for years for chronic UTIs, urinary tract infections. Well, why do you have UTIs? Vaginal dryness. Uh, so so uh, unfortunately, nobody had ever attended to her vaginal health, and that created UTIs, more antibiotics, and then re- that resulted in C. diff, which is a life-threatening infection. So it's really unfortunate that we don't uh, uh, practice more prevention in that department. This could have been easily mm-hmm. solved with a small that's amount right. of transdermal estrogen that, vaginally. That, that's right. 
So, Marion, I think the, the kind of elephant in the room that we need to discuss is, is the fear of breast cancer, quite frankly, just to, to put it out there. When I was a young doctor many years ago, just about every woman who came into our clinic got on Primpro. And then I remember that day when the WHI study came out and it said, oh, my gosh, we're killing women with breast cancer, blood clots, heart attacks, strokes with the Primpro. So all of a sudden, we just kind of yanked all these women off their hormones and left them feeling confused and miserable, and we gave them no alternatives. So let's just talk about the bottom line with the whole sort of hormone and breast cancer issue so i think you know what matters the most is what you use and how you use it um yes i I was practicing at wellness when the women's health initiative um results came out and and we all were stunned you know Mm -hmm. but what's important to to think about and look at in that in that study is those those was done with the prim pro the the primrin that we talked about earlier um not natural to the body um, derived from the urine of the horse and the synthetic progesterone, um, progestin, which is Provera. So these, the, the Women's Health Initiative, not done with bioidentical hormones, done with a completely different type of uh, estrogen and progesterone replacement, and done used with oral dosing. We know that um, the side effects are increased uh, with oral dosing, and that's why we recommend the transdermal application so it's absorbed through the skin. Very important. Um I've, I've tried to do my homework on this, as I do with everything, and uh, if you go online and just type in breast cancer uh, and hormones, you'll see that there are some studies that make some suggestion there's some relationship. However, there are also some really good studies uh, from International Journal of Cancer, from uh, Lancet, from uh, uh, breast cancer research and treatments, from major medical journals, which uh, are large, well-done studies, which show that the, if used properly, if you use the bioidentical hormones with progesterone, there is no risk for the average woman. Uh, uh, now, that doesn't apply to all applications. Once again, if you use uh, estrogen and a non-bioidentical progesterone, there is some risk. Uh, so uh, I think that it does matter what you use and, and how you use it. And back to the blood clot, heart attack, stroke issue, that's an important one as well. Certainly, we don't want to cause that badness. Uh, but uh, all those seem to be caused by the oral estrogen. If you use estrogen topically, uh, there's a nice study from Lancet and other studies as well, which show that the women actually have less blood clots, heart attacks, and strokes uh, with a transdermal estrogen than they do with placebo. So uh, bottom line, once again, it it matters what you use and how you use it. And if you do it properly, I think for the average woman, uh, she lives a longer, better, happier life. But I will make it clear that hormones are not for everybody, and, and certainly each woman has to sort of search her soul, and, and uh, uh, um, um, she has to be comfortable with it and, and uh, work with a, a provider who will uh, work with her and, 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 and have that relationship with a compounding pharmacist who can and get it right for her and, and track and monitor and make sure she gets on, on the right dose. Yeah, I, th- I believe it's a very personal decision, mm-hmm, that's and, right. and you do need to know all the facts, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes we're... Sh- short-sighted and seeing just one study and not mm-hmm. exploring the others and mm-hmm. that's where you mm-hmm. uh, physicians like yourself that continue to learn right and continue to find these these important studies that show women that it's 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 part of the decision and it, it might be scary but when we see the positive um, studies and we see the, mm-hmm. the impact that you know it, it makes it easier and mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it's about the your the patient's goals you know what are the what are your goals and and what are you trying to achieve with hormone mm-hmm. replacement, um, and those are things that can be discussed with the company pharmacist and the physician. 
are there some resources out there like as far as I think you know people what we're saying is people need to look into this and consider it um so I know we often say Dr. Pam Smith she's a great lady out there with a lot of a physician practicing bioidentical hormone replacement are there some other books or resources that y'all turn to that we could direct some of our listeners to uh, well, that's a great question, though, Lindsay. Uh, and, you know, I think one of my challenges over the years, because uh, I've always just tried to do the right thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I uh, don't look at the world through hormone glasses, and uh, um, I'm just trying to help my patients. And uh, it's been challenging, you know, because uh, I think a lot of people are trying to sell something or, um, you know, they just have their own theory or agenda they're driving home. So one of the challenges as a provider has been to uh, just try to find people you can turn to for good, trusted advice uh, who aren't um, trying to spin something. And so, yeah, um, I've turned to people like Pam Smith. We, we all know her, and uh, she's super smart and and, uh, um, and has lots of great books out. Uh, Dr. Valita, V-L-I-E-T. I like her a lot. Uh, Christine Northrup has been one of my favorites. Uh, um, she's got a lot of great books out here. I'm looking at the one here to call The Wisdom of Menopause. Um, uh, Sarah Godfrey uh, is another one. Uh, so there are lots of good folks out there. But uh, once again, I think uh, um, when, when they make statements like, you know, amazing or breakthrough or uh, when it's a multi-level marketing thing or whatever, you always have to have your radar screen up. You know, one of the things I've tried to do is always uh, – um, uh, 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 be open-minded, but always skeptical, you know, to have my radar screen up for uh, people who are just trying to push their own agenda or sell their own stuff. And uh, I, I want people who are evidence-based, who read the literature, um, who, who know how to interpret the literature. Uh, and uh, so those are a few of the uh, names that I have turned to uh, right off the top of my head. But a great question. So, I, But I do, I think the, the bigger issue there is I you know, I encourage every patient to be the captain of her ship or his ship and, 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 and to, uh, you know, I think of the old days of, uh, you know, doctors going, the patients going to doctors and, and, and he's, he says, here, take this pill. And they take it and they don't ask questions. That's, that's over. You know, I think patients need to be empowered uh, with information. And, but th- that means uh, that they also have to uh, put some work into it and, and, and be accountable. Um, and, uh, but, but, yeah, the, the hormone thing is, is a, a, a unique individual decision. Unfortunately, I think that um, a lot of doctors are just not keeping up with the literature. They, they, they learned what they learned in medical school, and they stop right there, and they never make any attempt to, to keep up with the literature and, and, and to keep moving forward and try to be a better doctor. And I think that they're stuck in their old ways. They, they still remember the WHI. And, and um, so for them, uh, hormones are off limits. Uh, uh, I have people who I, they come in to me and they are miserable. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's poor quality of life. Uh, they have to quit their jobs because they have such brain fog. Uh, um, uh, um, death warmed over. It's awful. Their marriage is, is on the rocks. Uh, and I get them on hormones and, like, everything is better. They feel great. And so then they go back to their primary care doctor or their GYN and the, 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 the other doctors just freak out. Why are you on hormones? Uh, that stuff's terrible. And, 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 and it really is, is a difficult situation for the patient and for me, because I always put the, hate to put that patient in a, uh, in a situation where they're getting conflicting information, you know, but, uh, but I just have an obligation to that patient to be a good listener. And, to, uh, I, I take pride in, 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 in hearing everything. I'm a, I'm a great listener. I've worked hard on it over the years and I, I hear every problem. I address every problem. And, uh, and, uh, I'd say 90 plus percent of them get feeling a lot better. And you've witnessed that, haven't you, Lindsay? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And it's miraculous. You know, there's, there's often what I call a trickle down with this hormones. And here, so here, here it goes. Um, uh, they come in, they're going float, 
sorting through life. You know, women have a stressful life. Uh, they go to work every day. They take care of the kids. I mean, it's so much harder than men, I, I, I got to admit. But um, so many of them, uh, as they lose their hormones, they just have a hard time coping. And so, and there's a trickle down. What happens is uh, they lose their hormones, and then because of that, okay, get the hot flashes, night sweats, and they can't sleep. Because they can't sleep, they have no energy. Because they have no energy, then they stop exercising. Maybe they stop buying get fast food because they don't have the energy to come home and cook a meal. And, and it's just this, and then from there, they start gaining weight uh, because they're not eating right, they're not exercising. And so there's this whole sort of trickle down of effects that are all started by this loss of hormones. So uh, when they come, in and they're not sleeping and stuff like that you got to fix their hormones or else they'll never get a good night's sleep and so um uh so yeah i i, I think this is one of the cornerstones that that, that you got to work on uh but uh, uh sorry Lindsay, long-winded answer to your short question <laughs> it's but, always but, great but, to have but, a long-winded but, answer but, yeah, it's insightful uh, but i gave you a few you. names of some uh some great people you can turn to for good sound information uh, um and watch out there's a lot of garbage on the internet uh, you got to watch out for that uh, so once again find trusted sources uh, who shoot straight with you uh and and, and you're not selling stuff, okay? Yes, thank you. I'm going to throw out one other name, too, for our listeners, and I know you've shared with me before, and that's uh, Dr. Khalid Mahmoud yeah. with mm-hmm. Keeping Abreast. Um, so specifically, his book will can address further some of those breast cancer concerns for a lot of women and hormone replacement. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll drop a couple more. Ron Rothenberg, I like him, Ron, a lot. He, yeah. he does more in the field, I think, of men's hormones, but, uh, but he's Which good. are important, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a guy named uh, Abraham Morgenthaler I like. He's a, a professor out of Harvard Medical School. Uh, he... Uh, uh, he wrote the book uh, Testosterone for Life uh, about uh, using testosterone for men uh, and a super smart guy and, and uh, once again very evidence based uh, uh, and so that's what I look for you know is uh, um, are they evidence based outcomes oriented uh, um, uh, they've done their homework and uh, they're unbiased uh, all those kind of things so anyway got, got a few names there for you that'll keep you busy for a while reading those books uh, <laughs> thanks sure. Dr. Mack mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so at the end of the day just to kind of summarize our whole conversation here um, every patient you have to weigh out the risk of taking bioidentical hormone replacement versus not doing anything at all um, there's a risk of doing nothing isn't exactly. there exactly right, right. yes sir um, because if you choose not to treat you are and you could potentially be inviting other troubles in mm-hmm. such as that osteoporosis issue or the UTI issue we mentioned um, brain fog higher risk of Alzheimer's disease heart disease um, poor skin health less libido the vaginal health that you so adequately covered for us Miss Marianne um, colon cancer and again that mortality thing that we mentioned and, and all those things you just mentioned Lindsay come from major medical journals uh, once again I've done my homework I looked that up and the, the, that's all straight from the literature it's important for um, us as pharmacists and, and physicians and, and anyone working with patient care is to continue to to research and, and learn and and we do that by traveling to different medical conferences and getting more training I'm going to um, Vegas, Las Vegas in February to hear Pam Smith speak. And so um, also doing an online um, uh, class myself. So just in continuing to, to learn and educate ourselves because what we were doing five years ago is not what we're doing today. What we're doing 10 years ago is certainly not what we're doing today. So to continuing to learn um, and, and educate ourselves so that we can adequately um, treat health with our patients. Mm-hmm. Any other good um, authors or uh, resources that you can think of, Marianne? That, that, no, no? Okay. We, we listed all the big ones. Pam right? Smith. Yeah, yeah, Pam yeah. Smith definitely yeah. um, uh-huh. in, in the world, uh, compounding pharmacy world, is mm-hmm. one of our experts. And we, we lend to her and um, actually have opportunity to, to work with her and uh, with some other patients that we share. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always good. She's got a, a good bit of 
years of experience. Um, she does. And, and she's been out there for a long time. Uh, uh, she's a uh, MD. Uh, she's a um, professor at the medical school at South Florida, I think, and uh, uh, one of the founders of the Metabolic Medicine Institute. So a uh, super sharp lady. And, uh, and you, you guys share yeah. the yeah. same yeah. the same mindset. You know, very yeah. cautious. Yeah. not going to do anything that's going to cause harm and right. always want to do what's best for the patient. Well, that's one of our, our mantras as doctors, uh, first do no harm. You know, and I think uh, with the hormones, uh, also there's what I call a start low, go slow approach. You know, um, uh, for so many women, let's say a woman, say 55, it took years years for her hormones to go down and you don't want to sort of uh, go from zero to 100 miles an hour just right off the bat that is you know get her on too much because she'll come back with uh, you know breast tenderness and uh, you know bleeding and stuff like that so you want to uh, kind of take it easy and reintroduce them slowly and that kind of right. thing because uh, we always want to use right we always would want to use mm-hmm. the lowest amount of hormones mm-hmm. possible yeah. to right. get the effects that we're trying right. and that's what's important with the uh, transdermal right. uh, creams right. is that you can titrate very slowly you can make adjustments very easily mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and do the best by our patients yeah and so, you know, we have so many women who come in and get on a program, and, uh, you know, uh, I often find that their husbands are just uh, uh, kind of amazed at their wife's response, and, and sometimes he just can't keep up anymore. So the husbands often then come in for a tune-up as well. And so uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the use of hormones in men, Marianne. Well, so, so men, just much like women, as they age, they, their hormones do deplete, and it does affect every part of their body. So we think about mostly muscles and, and libido. But there are other parts of, in, of the body that re, rely on testosterone. Every cell in the body has testosterone receptors. The brain cells, just like the women in the cognitive function, the bone cells, um, and the heart cells. One of the biggest things we see with male patients as their hormones deplete is a, a condition called sarcopenia. That's where they begin to have muscle wasting um, one of the things we see also is maybe almost a depression or a mood. Um, just they can't get up and go. It's just I call, that. I, I call it mojo. Mojo. That's, that's right. That's right. Mojo. That's right. Um, of course, libido and, and their um, sexual health is impacted um, for many reasons. It's sometimes a erectile dysfunction um, becomes a part of, of that scenario. And, of course, we know that. All of these things are important um, to to a male, their life, their their marriage, their um, purpose, and what they of they see of themselves. So it's important. It's very important. It's very, you know, it's neglected in a lot of ways. And we, I think, we talk a lot about women's hormone replacement, and we we neglect the men. And it's just as important mm-hmm. for the men to have hormone replacement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that declining hormone levels or say, for example, as we're talking about men, declining testosterone is just part of the natural aging process and we should just accept it. Um, What are your thoughts there? Well, I think naturally our hormones are going to be less as we age. We're not going to have the hormones that we had in our 20s, nor should we. But I believe that a small amount done the right way, using the right medications, as we said, the right hormones, the biological hormones, doing it well, doing it slowly, doing it very conservatively, testing. It's important to test. It's important to listen, as Dr. McMinn has spoken, and I know that uh, working with him for many years, to listen to the patients and listen to their symptoms because that is part of the puzzle. Testing shows us one piece, but we have to listen to our patients and understand where they are and what they're seeing and what they're still lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, with the men and testosterone, uh, kind of like with the ladies, it does matter what you use and how you use it. Um, but uh, if used properly, I think it, uh, it's, it's I think for the average guy, it, it's pretty darn safe. Uh, uh, any thoughts on that as far as uh, any uh, risk of treatment with testosterone replacement therapy in men? 
Well, I mean, we would still see the same um, risk if not done properly. Um, strokes, blood clots, mm-hmm. you know, some, some men will, um, if not done properly or maybe too much testosterone, will have um, swollen breast, mm-hmm. tender breast, just like we'd see in the females. But it goes back to the testing, the listening, doing it properly and doing it with the right medications. And I think all those things you mentioned are manageable. You just have to know what to look out for. And if you watch those things, they're, they're all manageable. And ultimately, I think, the, to me, for the average guy, the benefits outweigh the risks. So, yeah. Absolutely. And just having that open dialogue with your patients and mm-hmm. that the patients can relay the, their concerns, their symptoms, mm-hmm. their improvements, and the communication, I mean, is key. Yeah. So, uh, Marion, uh, let's kind of wrap this up. I, I, I want to uh, just have, give the uh, audience some take-home points about compounding pharmacies. Any ideas on that? Well, just, you know, just thinking about what we can do um, is limitless, honestly. I mean, we, we're, I've worked, I'm celebrating 21 years at Wellness in January, and every day is a new day. We walk into a different problem, and we saw, we try to solve them, working with physicians like yourself at McMinn Clinic and the nursing staff here, which is amazing, and just working through problems and solving them. You know, it, it may be something that we've never done before, something that we need to look into research, mm-hmm. maybe call a, call, you know, call a friend, call a colleague. You know, we rely on a pharma, compounding pharmacies and pharmacists all over the country. We, we see different things and we share. I'm part of a concierge group. We meet monthly and we learn from each other. So these are things that, you know, I guess you could say you, you learn and it's experience and it's, it's not taught in pharmacy school. It's not taught in medical school. A lot of things that, nothing against a a practicing retail pharmacist, they're just dealing with different products. We're seeing um, different therapies and seeing them work, and so that knowledge and that toolbox I think is very important, especially when a patient has explored or ex, uh, exhausted the other options available mm-hmm, to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do want to make a point. Uh, uh, you know, this uh, podcast is uh, – not necessarily an advertisement for wellness. I love wellness, and they're great, and anybody locally. Uh, but uh, you might live, uh, you might be listening to this in who knows Montana. Uh, but uh, uh, my point is to 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 find a relationship with a good compounding pharmacist, uh, and uh, um, uh, there will be a good friend, a good part of your healthcare team. And and uh, no matter where you live, once again, you can uh, contact wellness. Uh, but uh, and these guys are great. I I've, I've worked with them for many years now. Uh, but uh, but uh, there are pharmacists uh, who do compounding throughout the country so so make a relationship with your local compounder and and that compounder can reach out to your doctor and work with your doctor uh, to help uh, provide uh, uh, better care absolutely resource is what we want to provide and, and you as you said they're excellent compounders in in Birmingham I have many friends and colleagues and have colleagues and friends all over the country mm-hmm. so they're they're just reach out um, they it may be difficult to find it's you know they're they're not we don't advertise like a, a big box pharmacy would, but they're out there, and you, I encourage everyone to reach out and find one. And how could they find one, Mary? How, well, where they look? Um, PCCA, as as um, one of the organizations that we're a part of, Professional Compounding Centers of America, actually has a tool on their website where you can put in your zip code and your radius, and um, you can find a compounding pharmacy. It'll give you some detail about what they do. Um, you can look at their website. Give them a call. I mean, that's that, what I find about compounding pharmacists. Uh-huh. We love we love to talk to patients. We love that patient care. So it's not going to be a, a, a pharmacist that didn't have the time to talk to you, very much like mm-hmm. your clinic. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a, a physician that doesn't have the time to listen mm-hmm. and talk mm-hmm. to you. A compounding pharmacist wants to do that because they want to help you. They want to be a part of your team. Yeah. Is that PCCA.org or something like that? Uh, dot com. Dot com. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha, yes. gotcha. 
Oh, PCCARX. Correct. I'm so sorry. PCCARX.com. Okay. Gotcha. Great memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, get you it every day. Yeah. <laughs> and what are some of our take-home pearls then about bioidentical hormone therapy for today? I think it, it's a it's a very patient-driven working with your physician, working with your patient. At the end of the day, it's your body. It's your choice. But it's important to be educated to find the right resources, to work with the right team, and understand that just because we age, and I just turned 50, mm-hmm. so I, I am definitely in this boat. As we age, our life doesn't, I don't have to change the way we talk about it, and we doesn't have to become that we don't get good rest or that we don't, um, you know, have that youthful feeling and that quality mm-hmm. of life. We, we can change that. We, mm-hmm. we can be a part of that, and we want to do that. Well, you know, I think, uh, of course, we're all going to age chronologically, but I think that um, we all want to age as best as we can. And I, I think one of the major driving forces of the aging process is the loss of hormones, that uh, what we call trophic support to the to the body. And so um, I think that you can uh, change how you age metabolically and uh, uh, as far as your symptoms are concerned. Because, uh, I mean, ultimately, uh, we want to live into our 50s and 60s and 70s with a sense of uh, vibrancy and, 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 and mojo. And so uh, so that's what it's all about. Um well, uh, Marian, uh, that was just great. I want to thank you so much for being our guest today on the Functional Medicine Podcast. It's been such a joy to pick your expansive brain on compounding and on, uh, on hormones. And how can people get in contact with Wellness Pharmacy if they're interested in exploring compounding options? Sure. I would love for anyone to give us a call. Uh, our local, you know, local number would be 205-879-6551. And if you're listening in on this podcast uh, from another state, we do ship into many states. Uh, we'll be glad to look at your state and see if we can help you at uh, 1-800-227-2627. And then you can check out our website at um, wellnesspharmacy.com. Well, all right. Well, that'll about do it for another episode of the Functional Medicine Podcast. And thank you so much for joining us. We hope that we are able to share something with you today that was helpful to you, our listener. And don't forget to check us out at functionalmedicinepodcast.com and at mcminnclinic.com. And if you get a moment, please rate us on iTunes. That'll really help us out. And big shout out to Ben Wedland, our recording engineer who makes sense of all the technology for us. Thank you, Ben. Great job as always. Mm-hmm. And now, Coach, can you leave us with a final Coach Lindsay Pearl of Wisdom? Well, thank you, Dr. Whitman. You know, I think to me, listening to the being a part of this podcast today. I think hormones aren't just about sex. Um, they're about so much more. Um, and so like to your point, they're, our declining hormones are the main driver for aging. So just understanding that hormones improve our bone quality, our sleep, our energy, our brain health, life quality, just all of these issues surrounding our quality of life. So, um, I just encourage our patients to be empowered. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Uh, first step is to test mm-hmm. and be educated. And uh, to talk to a, a open-minded provider uh, yes. as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. well. All right, well, that should about wrap it up. Uh, this is Dr. McMinn. And Coach Lindsay. Take, Take care, care and, and be well. well.